hotel world. Welcome to episode 203 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm glad you're joining us for another episode where we're going to help hone some of your marketing efforts and put a sharp edge on your hotelier skills. Speaking of honing an edge, I'm Pete DeMeo, and I'm your cutler, as well as your host. And I'm joined today by Phil Fariska, search marketing expert and our forge operator. Hey, Phil, how you doing? I'm doing great. I love being the forge operator. Let's fire it up. Perfect. And, and last but not least, we have a, a newbie joining us. We have Nicolette Cromer, who is an excellent marketing specialist and our resident hammersmith. Hey, Nicolette. Hiya. So, welcome to the podcast. You are new to the podcast, but you're not new to Travel Boom, are you? You've been here for a while. No. I've been with the company for about a year now, and um, long-time listener, first-time guest, <laughs> and I'm ready to get going about this. Perfect. Well, that, that's good, because this is somewhat your episode. You wrote an article, which you call How to Create Kick-Ass Content for Your Hotel's Website, a.k.a. Nicolette's Podcast Cotillion Ball. That's the <laughs> that's the subtitle of, of this episode, so... But yeah, so it's it's your coming out episode. So if you uh, play your cards Aww. right and you don't say um, um, um too much, you can be on the mm. podcast a whole bunch more. <laughs> All right. We can make that the new drinking game. If I say um. There you go. And you have to drink. I, I, that one counted though, right? Can I have a drink? Cheers. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, perfect. Well, hey, uh, for all you listeners out there, you can follow along on with the show notes at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. And click on episode 203. Also, we'll have a link to Nicolette's article in the show notes as well, where you'll have all the tips needed to really build content that's going to be impactful, not to just your customers, but also search engines to ensure that you rank as highly as you can be to beat out the competitors. Does that sound pretty good? We're ready to jump in. So, before we get into the meat of the topic, we do have two newsaroos. Nicolette, do you have any interest in singing? Or is this one going to be on me again? Um, ooh, that's a lot. I I'll sing it with you. How about Let's that? All right, ready? With hotel marketing that cannot marketing lose. Marketing that cannot lose. Now it's now time it's, for it's time newsaroos. <laughs> Man, you really changed up the tempo yeah, there. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you know it's not horrible. We have uh, two really good newsaroos. So the first one comes to us from Focuswire, and the headline is, Hotels Can Afford to Be Greedy as 2021 Enters Its Final Quarter. And I thought this article was pretty interesting. I say take it out, check look, take, uh, check it out, and kind of you know, get your own thoughts on it. But we've talked a lot about hotels trying to stay in their lane in terms of understanding where their price point is and not exceeding what the price is versus what your customer's expectations are going to be when they stay at the property. And this article follows along somewhat in that path. However, it does say that people are eager to travel. 2021 is coming to an end very rapidly and people have the disposable income to get out and travel. So right now is not necessarily the time to play very safe from a revenue management perspective and to try to push those limits. And I know from the hotels we work with, we're seeing occupancy numbers that we have not seen before, particularly on the weekends, right? But in general, just the volume of people looking to stay at properties leads me to say, yes, you can definitely push that ADR. Just make sure that you're being 
fair to your guest and meeting their expectations. Yeah. And it's consistent high occupancy too, right? Um, so um, what, what I'm taking away from this and what I've seen just booking hotels on my own now uh, is y- you can push your ADR up. You know, you don't want to get too high where you're, you're pricing yourself into trouble where someone's spending $400 a night to stay at your property, but you're a $50 a night property and you're going to end up with some bad reviews. But also understand that those, those guests probably did their own research. And if your entire market is pushing up ADR and hotels that are very similar to yours have similar rates, well, then they understand that that's the market, not necessarily your property. And you might avoid some of that bad review. So you know, pay attention to your competition, um, but but don't don't be afraid to get a little greedy and and uh, push up that ADR when you have uh, only a few rooms to sell. Yep, one thing I'd also build on as well is we're all seeing the effects of inflation starting to kick in. We're we know that we're going to have to pay more in terms of our employee overhead, so keep that in mind. You want to make sure that you have the funds necessary to account for that and understand that your ADR today is not necessarily going to be the ADR it was a year ago because everyone is seeing their expenses rise considerably. And so, you know, an increase in the ADR definitely is makes sense as long as you be a little bit greedy, but not too greedy. All right. So that's the first newsroom. Nicolette, you have the second newsroom, which is pretty awesome. What you got? All right, this one comes to us from Travel and Leisure, and it is telling us that the U.S. border to Canada and Mexico is set to open in November. Um, And that is from the Department of Homeland Security announced this on Tuesday. Um, And I know for from personal experience, from almost reporting on this a couple of months ago, um, be wary that while they've said it's in November, they've been going month by month since last year. Um, I think the border closed in March of 2020. And, um, you know, this was set to open in September and they delayed it again. So I wouldn't advise people to go out and book, you know, a big old fancy vacation to Canada just yet. Um, wait till it actually opens. Um, but it also says that in November, the U.S. will be opening its borders to foreign travelers that are vaccinated. And it said that there are six approved vaccines um, that those foreign travelers can have that would allow them to come into the U.S. Um, So I thought that was interesting that it's another big announcement. It's going to open, but we'll see. Yeah, I think this this one has a has a pretty profound effect on your marketing as well. Um, I'm sure most of you, if you're smart marketers, have shut off ads running in in countries where you can't get travelers from. Um, but you may want to be a little weary, like, like Nicolette said, before you, before you fire those back up, um, let's, let's be sure that it's really going to open this time. Um, also you may want to test out different messaging to, to our, you know, Canadian and Mexican, uh, guests, um, letting them know if there's any different requirements, obviously they're talking about a, a vaccine requirement, um, but, but setting an expectation with people who may be looking to travel here, uh, being the one that provides them the information it can, can uh, you know, really set you apart from your competition, can really make them feel more comfortable about knowing what they have to do, 
um, they'll be more ready to book. Uh, but but look out for this. Be mindful of it uh, with your with your marketing and, and your messaging, and and just stay stay on top of this news because we are desperately missing our international travel, and and hopefully it'll be back in November, as they say. I mean, it'd be fantastic if it was. We did a we're wrapping up the analysis of our 14th edition of the traveler sentiment study, where we really look at what is pushing people's buttons in terms of travel. And in the latest one, we dissected the data down to Canadian travelers specifically. And I can tell you that they are eager to travel. So if we look at the survey respondents from currently, last year, or should I say in 2021, only 24% of Canadians were able to get away on a vacation or to travel significantly. 75% have been sitting at home. When you look at the U.S. numbers, it's the exact opposite. 75% have traveled and only around 25% have had to stay home. So Canadians are eager to get out there. Their biggest hurdles are obviously the border being closed, followed by the U.S.'s stance on COVID, the responses are lower vaccination rates. So as long as you understand that, that these people are eager to travel, they want to get here, but they're going to need a little bit different messaging to address their concerns regarding how we in the U.S. treat COVID. As long as you address those concerns, this is going to be a huge, huge opportunity. They haven't been here in almost two years, and we are already seeing record numbers for hotel occupancies, stays, obviously ADR, which we've already talked about. So once you add that Canadian element to the equation, it could make 2022 just be a banner year for hotel travel and tourism in general. And and what I'm foreseeing is if this opens up, you know, maybe not the banner year could be equal to what we saw in 2021, but 2021 was a, you know, fantastic year across the board for especially, you know, vacation destinations um, for those people who, you know, may not take as many trips this year um, could replace that with, with uh, you know Canadian and Mexican guests that are that are looking to to come back to the U.S. Absolutely. So well, good. So those are two good news ruse. Next thing we have is our new favorite, the sixty seconds to success. Phil, I think this one's yours, right? It is. It is. Um, I I put this one in here because we have some uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday uh, conversations going on. Uh, lately. So Pete, you let me know when you're ready to start your timer. All right. Well, I've, I've got the timer on our little soundboard here. So when the timer starts, you better go. Are you ready? Yep. All right. So I'm assuming you're going to be running a flash sale or limited time offer uh, coming up soon. Uh, be sure you use a countdown timer on your website and within your ad copy. When someone sees you know, only two days left to save 45%, uh, in your ad copy, and then they click on that ad and they visit your site and they see that timer ticking away, just like this timer is ticking away right now. Uh, it creates that sense of urgency and, and fear of missing out. So we've seen this work wonders in the past. Make sure that you have the, the countdown timers and your ads on your site and, and use them for, for your upcoming Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales. You'll see great click-through rate on your ad. You'll see great conversion rate on your site. Really? That was only 45 seconds. 
Oh, I had more time. <clears throat> yeah, you had plenty more time. The, We're at the, the change this thing the, to like 30 seconds to success or something. I don't want to hear the timer in my ears because that makes me want to go faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very intimidating. All right. Awesome. Good job. So that brings us to the meat of the episode. Nicolette's all-encompassing ways for how to create kick-ass content for your hotel's website. So to kind of put this in perspective, you may have heard of the world's smallest hotel, which is El Hausel in Amberg, Germany. It's just a single room or a single unit that's eight feet wide. And you may have the world's largest hotel, which is the world first or first world hotel and plaza in Malaysia. Or you could be one of the over 700,000 hotels in between there. But you have the same problem either way. And that is how do you create that great, compelling content that's going to inspire potential guests, not only to, to find your property, but to go through that conversion funnel and make a booking. So, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So Nicolette put together 10 awesome steps that a hotelier can create to build phenomenal content that's going to rank very well from a search perspective, but also when a human gets to this page, reads the content, it's going to inspire them right through that conversion process. So, so that's what we're going to talk about. The article itself is at travelboommarketing.com slash blog slash create kick-ass website content. So check that out. And with that, I think we're going to turn it over to our potty mouth marketing specialist who puts curse words and everything. And we're going to jump in there and we're going to go around the table and just do one, two, three, one, two, three at each of each of the individual items. So, so let's go ahead and kick it off. Uh, Nicolette, tell us a little bit about this article and what the number one thing that you recommend us do to create awesome content. Well, we have to start by saying one, 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 That is the tradition. Um, yeah, I, um, at Travel Boom, we create a lot of content for our clients. Um, you know, some clients post one article a month, some post four articles a month, just depending on the size of the hotel and, um, you know, the size of their destination. But, uh, we went in, I went into this article and I wanted to be able to go through the process that I use to create content and then simplify that down into 10 easy steps to be able to help other people, whether you're writing for a hotel website or another kind of website, how do you get started? How do you create content that is not only useful for a user, but is going to help your website rank? Um, so if we dive into the first one, it is define your topic. And when you're thinking about writing an article for a website, of you know, you want to, like I said, create something that's useful for readers. So you might be, we have hotels in Myrtle Beach. So those hotels might write about the events that are going on in the area. They might be writing about um, the latest restaurants that have opened up. They might be writing about... You know, in our area, we have the Carolina Country Music Festival. So the, you know, complete guide to everything you need to know about the festival. Those sort of topics are, you know, not as related to your hotel, but they're going to get people to look at your website. And then those people who are planning trips to your area are going to say, oh, well, this hotel has great content about that. Now let me look at this hotel. And that's going to pull people in that might not have necessarily known about your hotel, but now that you've provided great content to them, they're going to be able to 
find your hotel and hopefully book a room. Yeah, in the um, that's what, in the SEO world that we ahead. refer to that as tangential content. So that is it may not be about your property specifically, but what you're doing is creating a utility for people to you know find you. It creates brand awareness. You're providing them with information that they're seeking and and because you're providing them with that great information you become top of mind when they start their hotel search um, you know it's rare that someone reads your blog article and then just goes right through and books but if they come and read your blog article um, read a few more things that they're interested in about your area before before they start making making a booking or starting the booking process you know, you've already you've already planted that seed in their in, in their brain that you know, your hotel is there. You provide great information, probably provide great service because you've already helped them out with that great information. And they might they might end up booking with you in at, at the end of the day. But it it is it is totally a brand awareness play to talk about to talk about your area rather than specifically just your hotel and your hotel offerings. Now we're not saying that you shouldn't. I mean, absolutely, write about the the great things about your property that, that sets you apart from your competition. You should be writing about that, but you yeah, can it's, all- it's all, it's all a balancing act, right? And defining your topic is not the topic for all the content on your website. It's for the one specific article that you're going to be writing. That's why it's so important that you develop that content calendar and you know what you're going to be writing about today, next week, next month, six months from now. Because great content, and I think everything that Nicolette is talking about here is really developing that 10x to a point great content, and that takes time. So if you know that you're going to be writing about Cyber Monday, Black Friday type offers, you want to know that way in advance so you can get great content produced, so you can get the proper structure, you can get the photos that you might want to add to that content. And once you have that all put together, you're able to execute in a timely manner to take advantage of whatever topic it is that that you chose. Yeah, don't don't start planning your Valentine's Day article in February. Be be ready for that in December. Have it written, have it planned, have a special ready to go that you can attach to that article. So when February comes around, you fire that thing up, or even maybe you know late January, you want to create that recency, right? But you still want to have the plan in place so you're not scrambling at the end. Yep, exactly. Well, good deal. So so once we do our topic, we get to jump into number And that is who is your target audience? So before you get further into that content creation process, you really need to remember to whom we're writing the article for anyway. You know, the the goal should be to create that amazing content, that user experience. And we what we want to do is take the people who visit the site and work them through a conversion funnel, albeit a slightly longer conversion funnel because they're coming in via content to turn them into a hotel guest. So to do that, you need to really understand who is my hotel guest. You know, if it's creating personas so you know who you want to write toward or whatever strategy you might be using, make sure on the onset, you first create that topic and then you immediately decide to whom you're speaking to and build the content around that persona or that person. Yeah. And, and your target audience is going to change by topic you're writing about. So one thing that I always say is like, all right, if you're writing an article about nightclubs, you're reaching somebody different than your article about museums. And you should speak about your hotel differently when you mention yourself within these articles. Um, someone, you know, looking for nightclubs in an area, um, 
probably is more interested in the the hotel bar, um, you know, whereas someone looking for museums in your area, uh, maybe, you know, is looking about looking for more information about the, the history of your hotel or maybe philanthropic efforts that, that you do. You can include that type of stuff in your, in your article, but understand who you're writing to, why you're writing to them. Um, we all know, you know, no hotel has a specific age group that comes and stays with them or a specific demographic that come and stays with them. You, you, you likely reach people, you know, across the spectrum there. So understand what your, what your content is for, who you're trying to reach and, and what else might those people be interested in that can then push them down the funnel. And like you said earlier, Phil, you know, with, with Canada opening back up, if it does, that's going to be a very specific audience that you're going to need to be more conscious and aware of safety protocols for those events or attractions that you're talking about, because they're going to be more interested in, you know, what are the mass mandates for those attractions or, you know, what are the rules in place for social distancing at that event? Um, and that's something you'll need to address. Um, even How far away your hotel is from the next hockey arena. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But that's a great point, though, because when you understand who your target audience is, it's going to make you write content that's going to be tailored to them. So you know, if you're writing about that your topic is our safety procedures or the, the mask mandates in my city or state or country, if you write content like that, it's going to attract people that are also looking for that same thing. And that honestly brings us into the, the next item we have as well, which Number is three, 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 three. What are my target keywords? Um, so yeah, after, after you have your, uh, your topic and, and your audience, you want to figure out you know, what your target keywords are. This is, this is like, SEO 101, right? We've all heard this before. But to start this process, it really just makes sense to to say, you know, what would you search when when you were thinking about the particular topic that, that you're writing about? Um, what would you put into a search engine? And then do your research, find out, does it have search volume? What's What does the competition look like for a particular keyword? Um, what are the variations of that keyword that people may search? There's a ton of tools out there. Um, that, that can help you do this, like like seed keywords. But um, you know, we'll include a couple of those here with with this in the podcast notes. But um, de- defining what that target keyword is is, is going to help you. Number one, decide what your your technical items are going to be that we'll talk about later. But identifying these is is really you know the basics. Th- this is what you want to rank for. And I'd also add to that. Understand that we're talking about content and content development. A lot of it, I think we're coming from a a search optimization perspective and and search-centric content. However, as part of being a hotelier, not all the content you're writing is not necessarily going to be 100% for search. There's times when you might have press releases or content that's very regionally specific and not necessarily always keyword-focused. But when you do set those keywords and you're writing content for that specific keyword, you want to stick to it and, and make sure that you are kind of adhering to the goal that you set. Understand that goal in the onset. And if it's not necessarily to search you know, best ranking positions possible, then write the content how you want to write it. Make sure it's useful. 
but you could kind of skip this step in those particular cases. Just make sure you understand why that is. Yeah, good, good point, Pete. Um, you know, sometimes it's just informational content that you need to have out there for your guests to be to be that good hotelier. But you know, with an SEO mindset on it, you can you can use target keywords that do have search volume. Uh, pretty much with anything that you write, uh, just you might have to dig a little deeper. Um, you may have to get a little more creative and don't be very bland and don't stuff these keywords throughout your content. But we'll get into that stuff a little later. Move on. Good deal. Number four. All right. This one's mine. Um, who are my competitors? Um, whenever I go to write an article, the best way that I know that I'm going to be creating something that is better than my competitors is to take my main keywords, put them into a search engine, and see what the top 10 results are. This way, you are going to know what those articles contain, um, so you'll know what your article needs to contain. And then it might even help you, you know, I guess find some ways to be creative in your article. I have, I've written articles for um, a hotel that's near Yosemite National Park. And you start reading a lot of these articles and they'll have maps in them and stuff. And they'll have um, more creative, more creative assets to them. So when you go and look at those competitors, you're going to find creative things that even if maybe, even if you're not necessarily using it for that article, you might be using it for an article later on. Um, so find out what your competitors have in their articles, and now you're going to be sure that your article not only has those things, but make it even better than that. Make it 10x. Make it even more informative and answers every question that a reader might have about that topic. Yeah. And- I love this one because of all the steps that we have, it shocks me that this is the one most people miss. They They get so in their you know, their silo, we talked about silos last week, but they get so ingrained in what they want to do that they they forget to look and see what their competitors are doing. Because this is a great way to find out what they're ranking for and be able to crush them on search by building something that's just so much better. But then also realize where there, there might be a wide opening where this thing you're searching for or you want to write about, nobody's covering it. And then it becomes two questions. Is nobody covering it because nobody cares? Or is nobody covering it because it's an you know unfound opportunity that you can take advantage of? Oh, yeah, for this sure. this one's this one's uh, a little different, right? So, who are my competitors? If you ask a hotel that, they're gonna they're gonna list the you know the hotels that are in their price range around them. That's not your competitor when you're creating content. When you're creating content, your competition is who ranks for the topic that you are writing for. Don't don't necessarily worry about what the hotel down the street is doing. Although, I mean review their content but what, what you're thinking of is here's my topic who ranks for it whoever ranks for it is your competition in that sense it might be TripAdvisor, it might be you know booking.com it might be uh cbb um, but at the end of the day your goal is to find out why are they ranking for it what you know what keywords what keyword variations are they using like nicolette mentioned so important what creative assets are they using? Do they have video? Is that why they're ranking so high? Do people like that content because they have, you know, 
maps or, or uh, you know, create your own type of map? Like what, what creative assets are they using within their blog content that, that makes it rank so high? Uh, that, that right there is, it's, it's so huge. And like I said, your competitors aren't your, you know, nearby hotels necessarily. It's, it's who's ranking for your targets. And doing that research is going to help you see if, I think it'll help you format your article even better because you're going to see, okay, is this something that I need to put into a list format? Do top 10 lists rank well for this or does more long form content rank well for this? And you're only going to know that if you see who's ranking for it currently. And that'll also give you the option to see, is Google showing a featured snippet for this keyword? Then you know right off, this is the type of content that Google thinks is featured snippet number one, top of the top of the line. So your content needs to not be identical to that, but be better than that and but use the same assets that that one has. That's perfect. All right. You guys want to jump into number five. So we've done a lot of work coming up to this point where we actually get to start creating something phenomenal, something great. We've already come up with our keywords. We identified our topics. We've looked at our competitors. Now it's time to actually start writing our content. Like Nicolette just said is it might be a top 10 list. It might be long form. It might be image based, whatever it is, start building something great. And there's a lot of resources out there that will help get you over that initial writer's block that everybody has perhaps just starting with an outline of an article and then start filling in. You kind of go back to, you know, middle school and high school when you had to write essays and you'd have to first create your outline, intro, body copy, body copy, body copy, however many times, and then conclusion. You're really going to follow that same path. And you just want to make sure that you exhaust talking about the topic, but you stop short of just droning on and on and on. So that's, that's really what you're looking to get there. And you want to make sure that you lay out your main points that you want to discuss and specifically how you're going to introduce those into the article so that you're engaging the reader throughout that entire process. But it's a, it's definitely, this is the fun part that people really look forward to, but it's only effective if you've done the first four steps to get here. Yeah. I think that the outline is such a, such a key piece to this, Pete. Like, like you said, a lot of times this is going to be text heavy, text based, um, that's fine. Use your outline, even if it's image based and, and you're talking about, let's say the, you know, top 10 spots to take a photo in whatever area, it doesn't really matter. Um, list those out first, that's your outline. And then you can start working from there. Uh, but, but yeah, outlines are huge. They're going to help you, like you said, get over that writer's block and really get started. Yeah. And Phil, for your example specifically, you know, top places to take photos, understand that if that's your topic, you're going to want to do some very specific things. One is you need to have a marquee shot for each of the places that you talk about and you want to provide directions to that spot. I see it happen so often. It drives me nuts where, you know, somebody provides you a piece of content for, you know, top five places with amazing views and that they don't include the one thing that the person really wants to see on that article, which is a shot of that amazing view. And that's why you need to take the time and plan things out because you may not have the shot with the, the most amazing selfie spot. So you're gonna have to go out and get that. But if you don't have it in there, I'm telling you, I, I can pick out right away that it was 
you know, put together, you know, half-heartedly and the readers will know that as well. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to go someplace else to find what they're looking for. Yeah. Include all of the things that they would need. Like Pete said, the image in that sense is so important, but how do they get there? You know, if you can't provide the map, you know, provide them like a map marker on all trails or something like that, where, or, or a latitude and longitude, just get them to the spot that you're talking about. Be as helpful as you possibly can. That's how you create something great. But we digress. I think we need to move on to number... What? I'm not quite ready to digress. Oh. I have one more thing to say. <laughs> if you're having someone produce your content for you, read the content and hold their feet to the fire. Because it's not okay that someone says, I'm going to produce content for you. And it's so many words and they deliver it. And that's all it is. Because the worst thing you can do is bring someone into your site with subpar content because that's you put your name on it. If that content is subpar, the user's going to read it and they're going to think your property is subpar because you don't care enough even to put your effort into the content. How do I know that my room is going to be clean? It all kind of goes back to that conversion event. Great point. I Great have point. to agree with this because I know that I do research for articles and I will read articles that have very obviously just copy and pasted their event calendar from the previous year. And, you know, with COVID going on, there's events that have been canceled or have not returned yet. And it becomes very clear after just a little bit of research that that event's not taking place this year. You just copied and pasted that information from last year. So go the extra mile and and put accurate information on your website. Don't don't call somebody frustration. I saw there was some event in Myrtle Beach that had gotten canceled and their Facebook page was covered in comments about people saying that they had booked trips, they were in the in in the town and the event was canceled and they had no idea cuz people were just putting it all over the internet that it was still going on. So take the time and put accurate information on your blog. Don't you know, pick up the phone and call the chamber or call the city um, office. Like, take that time and don't bring people to town that for a canceled event. Well, I think I think this exactly what you're mentioning leads to a, a bigger conversation of if you hire someone to do your marketing, like say you hire Travel Boom, and we write an article about your area, and you know we've written an article about October events in your area. Um, it's partially on us to maintain are those events still going on like Nicolette said Uh, but if you know something got cancelled last minute and you know you have an article on your site you know reach out to your agency or if you if you have the ability do it yourself to to go update that article as quickly as possible you do not want to have that on your hands where you brought somebody to town for a specific thing and your website still says it's going on and it's not going on anymore. Um, you're going to enter a, a world of pain that you don't need to be in. So you talk with your, talk with your marketing, talk with your, you know, content creation team and, and make sure that if you have those event based articles that you're keeping them up to date, uh, People who are in the area are 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 reaching out and, and helping keep those things up to date. Um, just constant communication. We talked about it last week. Communication between operations and marketing, but you know this is this is another one of those those times where operations and marketing are 
um, you know, just, just, you know, people, people working anywhere at the property in town and your marketing agency's out of town, let us know. And we can, we can, you know, fix these problems before they become problems. Perfect. Nice. All right, we're ready to jump into number six. Don't forget your optimization best practices. Um, this is, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna harp on this a little bit for being the SEO guy. Um, we mentioned, you know, there's some articles that don't necessarily require a, a ton of optimization, but typically it, it should. You should be writing for, you know, topics with search volume that. You know, people will be finding you for to get your, to get your name out there to get that awareness. But when you're writing, keep SEO in mind. So use things like proper header tags, proper page titles. Make sure you're including your your target keywords with that search volume in those elements of the page. That's all basic SEO, but it's so so important. Google pays attention to that. It, it determines on you know, whether you're going to rank in a certain position or not. That's a, that's a, that's a big factor along with you know, links to your article along with um, you know, structure of the page. But let's, let's, let's hit those best practices, um, adding internal links. I'm sure your article references something you've written about before. It's, it's almost inevitable for hotels with blogs that they have a lot of content um, interlink between those blogs. Also, you should be linking to pages from your blog post that you know convert very well. Send people to that page that, you know, if you have that certain amenity that, you know, once people read about it, they end up booking. Send them there uh, from, from your blog post. Think, think smart here. So this, this entire thing that we're, we're talking about, creating content, is really centered around SEO Hit your SEO basics while you're creating the content, and that that's really that's really the crux of all this. I mean, we have a couple more to go through, but optimization best practices, basic SEO block and tackle is is something that you need to think about every time you're create, creating content for your hotel site. Exactly. All right, we can just keep on rocking and rolling with number seven 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 seven. seven, 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 seven. All right, so next we want to go the extra mile with our FAQ schema. And we can also talk about other schemas at this point. But like we said, that you want to put assets into your blog, like videos or photos. Um, we also want to put schema into your blog that is going to help you rank better in Google. We have one client that the way that their WordPress site is set up, that it already has the FAQ schema at the bottom of the blog article. So in this case, you've written your article, um, you're trying to add more value to this article. Go into Google under the keywords that you have selected for this piece of content and look at those blocks that Google provides you that say people also ask. These are the kind of questions that people are asking about your topic take those questions, put them into your FAQ schema, and, and answer them. You now have the opportunity to take up more room in the search results because Google will see that schema on your website, and then whenever your article shows up in the SERPs, it's going to show below, not every time, but hopefully it will. And then you also have an opportunity to be the answer in those people also ask sections of Google. 
they're going to see, oh, that's what I'm looking for when they search those keywords. They're going to click the drop down, find your article, click through. Now they're on your site. Now they know who you are. Um, we also have a new schema that one of our developers made for us called blog post schema. This is specifically tailored to help our hoteliers blogs show up on Google's discover. It has, you know, certain parameters set up that, you know, SEOs have found that help you rank in discover, get that added to your blog and it's going to give you a better opportunity to show up in that platform. This is the time where you're going to be adding kind of like the extra toppings onto your article that's going to make it better than the other ones that are out there. Yeah, I like it. This so, is... hey, I have a question for you. Go ahead, Phil. I was... go... No, go ahead, Pete. So with FAQs, there's only so many FAQs that you can think of. And I know duplicate content is always a problem. When, you, when you're doing FAQs, is it okay to have the same FAQ or a few of the same FAQs on multiple pages throughout your entire site? Sure. Uh, especially if it's, if it's something that, you know, people ask you or ask about your area often, really what, what you're doing, I think let's take a step back from duplicate content because duplicate content isn't necessarily a penalty uh, from Google. It's just something that they notice, right? What you're trying to produce is a piece of content that is informative, uh, it answers all of you know, the searcher intent, right? And maybe intent that they didn't know they had when they first visited. That's what you're, that's what you're getting across here. Um, you you want to be as helpful as possible. If you need to include the same answer to the same question on every page of your site, because it's asked all the time, that's fine. Answer that question, be as helpful as you possibly can. That's, that's, you know, another purpose of creating this content. Very nice. If I can add one more thing too, I would say if you've been producing content for your website for a while and you just feel like you're hitting a stagnant point and you want to be more creative with this next article that you write, maybe you create an entire blog article of an FAQ. Like find a topic. It might be directly related to your hotel. Maybe it's the most frequently asked questions about insert your hotel name here. You know, you will, those type of articles, I've seen them rank very well for some of our clients. The whole article, every header in that article is a question and Google sees that and Google recognizes that you're putting the answers people are searching for into a piece of content. And that's it, a great, idea. Yeah. that's a great point, especially when you think about one of the things that gets a lot of searches is events in any given area. And unless it's a, a marquee event that's run by a production company that really knows what they're doing, their website is going to probably be atrocious if it's, you know, local festivals and whatnot, but everybody's going to have the same questions, you know, parking, you know, what can I bring? What can I not bring? You know, what time pricing, does it start? What time does it end? <laughs> like, right. And, and so often ones. these great things to search for that indicate someone's traveling to your area does not have the answer is answered. So you can be that person that becomes the authority and then you're going to see yourself yet yeah, all over Google. Anytime somebody starts searching for whatever that might be. Yeah. And again, keep in mind that, you know, you may be listening to this and you're saying, well, okay, I answered all these people's questions about this event that's in my town, but that doesn't mean they're going to book. What it's doing is creating brand awareness. Maybe they're just researching your area. Um, and, and, and you're that, that first touch point. You want to be that first touch point. And 
you know, maybe they're already in town and staying with somebody else, but they come back next year and now they're at there again. They've, they've been familiarized with you. They've seen your site. Hell, if they clicked on you to come to come get your information, then they're probably added to your all visitors remarketing list. So all of this is you know beneficial in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Perfect. So you know the, the next thing that we have to watch out for is number and that is that the devil is in the details, and specifically, it's in the technical details. So, and we've kind of covered this you know, a, couple, a couple of the other steps as well. But once that article is complete and you've edited it, you're happy with it and you're ready to go and it's time to post, you're actually not done putting that piece of content together because there's the content that the customer sees and then there's the content that the customer does not not necessarily see. Things like the title tag, meta description, the actual URL that you're going to choose for this article to be at. You know, it, it probably shouldn't be just... You know, article number one, two, three, four, date, make sure that your permalink structure is all set up properly so that it's, you know, it's a memorable URL. It explains the purpose of the article and it's a natural lead in going from the SERP to the, the article itself. Really follow those technical details and make sure you do this to the best you possibly can, because this is all the, the zero click stage. People haven't decided to visit your your article yet. You're still ha- trying to reel them in. Make sure this stuff is awesome because if it's not, they're not going to know how great of an article that you wrote. Right. Other other technical details. Do your images work? Are they clickable and should they be? Um, does, does, does all your video show on the page on all devices? I mean, is, this is this is the technical type of stuff. So, you know, you can look at this in a preview mode or even after you made it live, go proof it again. Make sure that everything that you've included in your article is working. Do your links work, external and internal? Um, this is how you make a piece of content worthwhile. You 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 put all the work in. Don't don't fall victim to something stupid because you didn't proof it after the fact. And make sure everything is technically sound with it. And I'll say something I've learned from experience doing it the wrong way when you're creating that url structure don't put a year in your structure in your url because the next year it's gonna not be accurate and people notice the dates when they click on your on your article um that's that's such a solid point i can't tell you how many times you know i've seen a blog post and it's event name 2019 it's like all right cool you know you're updating that every year because it's an annual event. Why did you put the the date in the URL? Just leave it. Just leave it without the date. <sighs> Another technical thing to not forget is with your external links. Be sure they're set up to open in a new tab. You don't want to lose a customer because they're like, oh, that looks like an interesting restaurant. Let me look at their menu. And then they forget about what they were reading and never make it back to your article. Um, make those links open in new tabs. So once they're done looking at that menu, they're going to come back and finish your article. And Yeah, and I mean, you think about that from a desktop perspective, but think about that from a mobile perspective as well, because, yeah, it opens in a new tab. Well, then they, they leave what they're working on to go open that new tab and they view the menu. That's when it's even harder to get back. But say they, you know, they got the information they wanted, they don't visit you when they 
open up all their tabs again, there you are. There's that extra bit of brand awareness because you're still open and showing to them on their phone. Great point. All right. Moving on to number nine. This one me? This is you, Phil. Yeah. Submit your content to search engines. Um, so you put all the work in, right? Are you just going to wait for Google to come find it? No. Go into Search Console, pop that URL in the uh, URL inspection, and make Google index it as quickly as possible. Uh, that's that's the end game here. You want to be found, and to be found, you need to be indexed. This is a simple, simple step that a lot of people forget or are just too lazy to do. Um, it's very easy, very easy. Just open Search Console and, and enter that URL in there, and you're going to get indexed way quicker if you do this than, than if you wait for the crawl to come back through. Good point. That's it. That's the number nine. Easy one. So, All right. Well, the last one we have here is number 10. This is the last one. Promote, 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 promote. Um, you've created this amazing piece of content. You have spent all this time doing research making sure your best practices are in place. You've got every URL external link opening in a new tab. And just like um, Phil said, you don't want to wait for Google to re-index this article. You also don't want to completely leave it up to people searching for this to find it. Your hotel very likely has uh, social, social media accounts. It very likely has a Facebook or an Instagram. Um, this is where you're going to put your new piece of content. If it is about events, hey, check out the events coming this month to our area and put that out there. If you have a email platform, which you should, Pete will tell you that, you should be putting these new articles into your emails that you send out, whether it's a newsletter email, whether it's a pre-arrival email. Um, this is another way to get your current guest, and hopefully your future guest reading these articles, that is not only going to increase the awareness of your brand, but it's going to increase the the ranking of this article. More people reading it, more people looking at it. Yeah, and I mean, take your, take your time on this one, because if you spent the time to create this great piece of content, that's fantastic. <clears throat> and you have a system set up where it's going to push, pull people into the article if they're looking for it. But you also want to have a push strategy as well and understand that, especially from a social perspective, that you can really amplify who sees this by, if it's an event, tagging the event name. You know, if it's a restaurant, tagging that restaurant. Rely on the tools that make social so effective by creating that network around this article about everybody that you talk about. And push it hard because that's how you're going to be exposing new people to your property who are interested in the thing that you're actually already writing about. Yeah, and promote to uh, others who your new piece of content might supplement their content. Get links to this content because that's how you're going to get it to rank and that's how you're going to get more eyeballs to it. So you know, make sure you're doing that outreach to say, hey, no, CVB, uh, I see you guys are talking about this event. I have this unique take on this event. Maybe you should link to me. Or, you know, maybe not a CVB, but other travel site or, you know, hiking site or kayaking site, whatever, whatever your 
blog post is about, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to complement somebody else's piece of content in some way, shape, or form. Find out who it complements and how it complements that piece of content. Reach out to them. Ask for a link back to it. That's the probably the, the most important part of promotion. Um, you can promote it yourself all day, but getting other people to promote it for you is how you're going to make this piece of content stand out, drive links, drive traffic, and eventually rank very high for what your initial topic was. And while you're reading this article, I bet what you're going to find is the way Nicolette wrote this and the way she has it written up probably follows all of the top 10 steps that she's recommending that you do as well. So you can use this as a primer and see a little bit of a top 10 inception of using top 10 lists to make pro- proper top 10 lists. So anything you would say to, you want to wrap up the, uh, the podcast here, Nicolette? Um, just that we threw in a little bonus on the article. So that'll give you a little incentive to go and read it for yourself. Um, but don't give away the bonus. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what it is, but you know, we talk about this, the whole, you know, we started out saying like, create good content and your ultimate goal, you want to put heads in beds, but I think your ultimate goal is not always that with every piece of content, but it's creating something useful. I think that if you become a good source of information in your area, that's going to be, that is going to lead to putting more heads in beds. Perfect. That's great news. So, so Nicola, congratulations on your first episode. That was awesome. If people wanted to connect with you, where would they, where could they find you at? I'm on LinkedIn at Nicolette Cromer, C-R-O-M-E-R. And I'm on some other social media platforms, but not very regularly. (laughs) All right. How about you, Phil? Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn at Phil Fariska, F-O-R-I-S-K-A. And you can find me at Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O. You can find us collectively at travelboommarketing.com. Definitely hit us up at podcast at travelboommarketing.com with any questions or comments you have, or pretty much anywhere we're at Travel Boom or Travel Boom Marketing on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you named it. And you can find the show notes by going to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and using your mouse and clicking on episode 203 or your thumb if you're on your phone. Either one's fine. You choose. And that is another episode of the Hotel Marketing Podcast in the books. And we'll be back next week with some more hotel news, tips, tricks, and all kinds of fun guides. Until then, Travel Boom is out. Uh